Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, You guys are going to love this episode. There's going to be so much helpful advice um, from such an amazing expert. Um, Her name is Naomi Powell, and she's the founder of The Lifestyle Edit, startup support for women by women. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Nicole, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm just, like I said, I was just before we started recording everybody, I was telling Naomi that I was checking out her website and just everything that she shares and is about is just so inspiring. And I can't wait for everybody to hear, you know, all your advice and everything. Can't wait to dive in. Yeah. And I just wanted to read this too, because I was looking at your philosophy and I just, oh, it just hit me hard. Like we are masters of our own destiny and we have the power to make our lives and businesses look exactly as we want them to. Like that just like hit me because sometimes like, I, my business doesn't look like it. I want it to, you know what I mean? But I have to remember that like, I do have the control for it. 100%. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm always trying to share. And it's definitely been a big part of my journey, really going from knowing this intellectually to actually embodying it day to day that very often we say like, you know, I'm going to allow myself to feel good and my, my life's going to feel like this when I hit this mark, when I yes. hit this, when I have this amount of clients. And we're always kicking the happiness <laughs> and the fulfillment and the rich life to tomorrow. I'm all about how can we create a business by design that supports that today? And it's only when we do that, that we're actually going to enjoy the process, right? Otherwise, why are we going to continue to want to spread the impact, want to spread, you know, get our work into the hands of more people if it constantly feels like we're having to sacrifice at every single stage of the journey? Yes. Yeah. That just makes it so much harder, like so much harder. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you got your wine and everything. So I'm glad that I got there did. in time. Yes. <laughs> I know. I was saying to Nicole, this is such a great afternoon treat. So thank you. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. So why don't you, yeah, let's, let's start from the beginning. You know, how did you get started in your business? You know, um, like, you know, how long have you had your business and, you know, just all of that good stuff. Yeah. So it's crazy to think that we're coming on what we're six and a half years now and just to give you guys a bit of context my background was actually in print I was a fashion editor at the second largest newspaper in the UK Um, I always wanted to work in magazines just loved the storytelling aspect and was fortunate enough to land my job as an editor two weeks after graduating at the ripe age of 21 and (laughs) just had a whale of a time you know traveling, meeting incredible people, interviewing, like it was amazing. But I think like many people, I got to that moment where I was looking around and I was just like, you you know, I look at my, my managers and just the the next people up and Mm -hmm. there's nobody whose job that I wanted. I was 
you know, getting to meet lots of incredible people. I was challenged in many ways, but part of me was just like, is this it? I was sacrificing so much on the other (laughs) side of things. I was very much that friend who was always like, you know, I hope she cancels so I don't have to be that person anymore. I was exhausted. I was just sacrificing a lot on the other hand. I was working Mm -hmm. really hard. You know, print media notoriously pays awfully. And it was just, it was a lot. And I was always so passionate about the storytelling. That's why I really started on this that trajectory. And I remember being in my job and there was lots of people who'd been there 10 years, 15 years. And the whole energy was very much just like doing just enough to get by. And I was like, we can make our pages extraordinary. Why are we just settling right. for doing enough to fill the pages and just like, do enough to get by. And I was fortunate in that job to interview such incredible founders that were doing just amazing work. And what would always happen is that I would leave these interviews with hours upon hours of transcripts. And the interviews would always be condensed down to, you know, they have a new collection or a new collaboration that's coming out next week, go and buy it. And I was just like, I was looking around the landscape at the time. And you guys have to remember what it was like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm entrepreneurship really speaking about the trajectory of women's careers just wasn't even a thing it was very much like Forbes middle-aged white guy behind a desk on Mm -hmm. one side and then in the lifestyle titles it's almost like they completely ignored that women were navigating careers (laughs) and motherhood and all of that kind of stuff so there wasn't a place that people were really speaking about it and that's kind of how the lifestyle edit was born I really wanted to take advantage of the access that I had to these incredible female founders mm-hmm. and really create stories that were not only inspiring and kind of took you behind the scenes of their journeys, but were tactical, were strategic. They were actually, these women were paving the way and being open to like, this is what we did. This is what it was working. And also the sliding doors moments, like how they overcome the moments of self-doubt, what mm-hmm. that looked like. Um, <laughs> And we're just willing to share the ups, the the downs and the challenging moments and the moments of adversity as much as they were willing to share the kind of triumphs that we often see. So we started the business very much as a content platform. And fortunately, because I was my, my role as an editor, I was constantly working with brands about how can we, you know, as a newspaper, we're a business. How can we bring more ad spend into our pages while also, you know, creating really compelling editorial. And at that time, a lot of brands were having to navigate, you know, this digital space. All the money was going online. All of a sudden they needed to be online, offline. They needed to be working with influencers. They needed events. They needed their own editorial content. So when I left and transitioned, I created a consulting business that really supported brands as they navigated this new terrain. So it was amazing for me because I was able to really cash flow my business mm-hmm. while focusing on the content and making sure that the content was what I wanted it to be without having that pressure of having to monetize the content straight away and take partnerships that just didn't feel in alignment in the beginning. Yeah, That's kind of how we got started, but our business looks very different today. Fortunately, (laughs) because I was building this community, they were seeing the work that I was doing with a lot of these brands and just obviously we're talking about entrepreneurship on the website, then on the podcast all the time. So they were like, you know, when are you going to offer us something and give, you know, share some of the expertise that you have for, 
you know, entrepreneurs that are just starting on their journey. And that's how I transitioned into coaching. So today I support female service providers, coaches, consultants, um, on how to consistently and reliably attract and convert dream clients with ease through magnetic marketing and soulful sales. So I'm all about taking this myth away that selling is icky and has to be <laughs> gross and and that growing a business by design has to be like, you know, struggle city, hustle, overworking, you know, burnout. I'm all about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow. We get to step into doing work that feels really meaningful and has a huge impact and creating incredible financial legacies for ourselves and our families in the process. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's so just amazing. Like I have been one of those people that felt like sales, like I felt bad selling for a while, you know, but you're so right. Like it, it can be soulful. And when you believe in what you're doing and what you're trying to share and help people, it doesn't feel icky anymore. 100%. I always sell this that sales is a part of service, right? It's yeah. like when somebody, when you're looking for something and someone says, oh my God, you've got to try this. This has been amazing for me, right? Yeah. Do you think that that person's been salesy? No, because you were proactively looking for a solution and someone presented you with one. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Very often when we're creating marketing, we are so cognizant of like, I'm going to piss somebody off. I'm going to say, that's not your idle client. Your idle client is actively looking for a solution. <laughs> so our job is to, marketing is simply telling the person that you can help, that you can exist, that you exist mm-hmm. and that they don't have to deal with that problem. And that's where when you're talking to the right person, you're showing up, you're making it safe for them to, to, to take that step with you, that selling becomes the biggest form of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you, you like just broke down marketing so simply too, because I think, you know, as business owners and entrepreneurs, sometimes we tend to overthink things and then that kind of leads to us overcomplicating things, you know, but it really doesn't have to be like that. 100%. And I think that's one of the reasons, like you said, that entrepreneurs, we can like delay the doing the work that we know that we should like with marketing. It's like, let me put it off. Let me put it off. I hate Instagram. I hate this. I hate launching. And it's like, no, because you feel you're still seeing it from a you selling is taking away from someone or like I'm going to rub someone up the wrong way or I'm going to have to do these 101 things. And I think, you know, a lot of the online marketing space makes it seem so much more convoluted than it needs to do. And these Mm -hmm. 101 hoops that people have to jump through. Simply put, marketing is just telling the person that you can help that a solution exists. That is all it is. And it's just about showing up consistently. Mm -hmm. When I say every day, I just mean most days and just making it safe for that person to buy and inspiring them to take action, to step into the transformation that they're looking for. Oh, I love that. And it all, like, like you said too, you said the word alignment and it really, cause I know for a while, like when I started, I had my husband and I had a business before this and then we closed that and then I jumped into this business and I didn't quite Take, I should have taken more time in the beginning, you know, like to, to really, you know, work through things. And, but now that I am aligned and I, I feel so passionate about what I do, like everything flows so much easier. Um, so like, do you have any advice on like for business owners that are, that are, you know, listening right now and they're like, okay, how do I start that? Like I need, you know, I want to be aligned. Like how do I get my business in alignment with me and my beliefs and, and how I can help people? So 
it's so cheesy and this is not going to be anything you've never heard before but the first thing is that you really need to connect with your why why are you doing this like what is the whole point what is the mission right so true so for me mine is about i want heart-centered entrepreneurs to realize that they're doing a disservice when they don't market and they don't sell because they're stopping the people that could be transformed by their work from knowing that they exist, mm -hmm. right? And by doing so, they are not stepping into being fully supported financially also. So I am so obsessed with dealing with that problem that my why becomes like, is bigger than like any fear that I could possibly have about showing up consistently, any fear I have about putting myself out there, any fear. So that is where the alignment begins. You have to be so crystal clear about why you're actually doing that. That becomes your North Star. Then it becomes like being really crystal clear, like what, how does this business serve your life? So the why is really about getting clarity about on the impact that you want to make and why you want to make it. Then it's about like being crystal clear, like how do you want to feel? What does this business facilitate in the way that you want to use this very small amount of time that we're on this earth? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So, okay, for me, I said, that's my mission. The next thing is that I so want to be present in the life of my kids. I know mm -hmm. that they're, like, they're going to be small for such a short window of time. I, I want to do meaningful work, but I want to make sure that I am getting time for interest. I'm getting time for family. These are things that are really important to me. So then I start to look at that impact through the lens of how this business needs to facilitate the life that I want to live outside of it, right? Yeah. So then like my business model, my, um, just the way that my business operates now has to be, go through the lens of how it supports my life. And I think that's the problem. Very often we just follow somebody else's blueprint. This is mm -hmm. the way that they run their business. And that's the way everyone's saying that you have to do a one-on-one or you have to do a course or this or that. It may not be right. in alignment for you. But we, we give our power away so much just by following what we think everybody else is doing without actually doing that gut check of like, what feels good for you? And even with the marketing, like, if there's anything I can say to anyone listening who's feeling like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, you don't. The fact mm -hmm. that when you look at successful people, everyone has done different tactics and strategies. All of the strategies work. Whenever I've tried to do force myself into a strategy that just didn't feel good, even if I did a course and they were promising that I was going to get results, I never got the results right. because they, it never felt good. So I never wanted to follow through and it required this Herculean level of effort to do it. <laughs> so ask yourself, knowing that all of the things work, the Instagram, the podcast, the webinars, the YouTube, it all works. What is going to be the thing that lights you up? What's going to be that thing that you don't have to coerce yourself to follow through on? What's going to be that thing that allows you to show that excitement, to really over-deliver for your people mm -hmm. in a way that facilitates those transformations, that gets them excited, that gets them inspired to invest in the solution that's going to change their lives? Like, What is that thing? That is what it truly means to create a business by design. So I never have to coerce myself to show up on stories or show up in my podcast or do any of those things because I chose it. 
And very often when we, our businesses don't feel in alignment, we, we don't take that responsibility that it was always our choice. We just have to take the power back. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Like we always have the choices and that's like what the, one of the best benefits of, you know, being an entrepreneur, like we get that, like we have that advantage and, you know, it's just, we just have to be able to, you know, honor it and do like exactly what you said and be in alignment and, and put it through the lens of what, what we want and just then go after it. But I think the hard thing, Nicole, is that our corporate jobs teach us the absolute opposite, right? Mm -hmm. It's very much like, this is a ladder, you follow it. There's a proven blueprint, there's a proven trajectory. Your job is to follow it and make as few mistakes as possible. Yeah. That's it, right? Totally. So the exact things that made us successful in our corporate jobs are the exact things that are going to be the bottleneck in our growth in our business. Yes. Oh, I love that too. And yeah, I remember like, you know, being like, oh, I need to be like in, you know, in my office, I need to work nine to five, but that doesn't actually work well for me. Like what works better for me is getting up at five and knocking out so much stuff before my kids get up. That works for me. You know what I mean? And other, you know, other entrepreneurs, you know, will stay up till like three in the morning. You know, like everybody has a different way of doing it. It's just, again, you know, figuring out what works for you and what, what you want it to look like. 100%. I I love that. Um, okay. How, so how old are your, how old are your kiddos? So I have one son. Um, I'm still working on my husband about baby number two, but (laughs) my, my son is Atlas and he is 13 months. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's such a fun age. My daughter just turned 10 last week and I'm just like, where did the last 10 years go? Like what? I can imagine. Uh, It's crazy. And my son turned seven on Monday actually. And so now I'm kind of like, whenever I see babies, I'm like, I want a baby. And my son's like, "Uh, get away from me. (laughs) It is. It's it's a magical stage. I must say it's like, we're always laughing. We're like, he's he now feels like his own little person, right? Mm-hmm. And we're starting to like see his personality come through. Oh, it's just such a beautiful season. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, I mean, you know, what, you know, being a mom has its own, you know, crazy set of things you have to do, an entrepreneur, like give us all of your best tips <laughs> on, you know, how we can balance, you know, the joys of motherhood, but also entrepreneurship and not, you know, without sacrificing one for the other. Yeah. So I think it goes back to how we've kind of opened about a business by design. When I knew that I was having Atlas, again, like alignment isn't a static thing. It's a moving target. As things in your life shift and change and you go into different seasons, what you want from your business will completely change. So where in the past I was, you know, my business was my baby in many respects. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really have to work efficiently. I like, you know, of course that was the goal, but you just do, you're just testing things or trying things, you know, it was just a completely different ball game. And mm-hmm. then when he came, I was just like, there's just no way that I could work like that anymore. And I had to, again, become really crystal clear on what type of parent do I want to be? What does that look like? And everything I'm going to share is definitely my experience. So there is absolutely no right or wrong way um, to do this. This is just what was good, felt good to me. So I really wanted to make sure that one, I was working from home. He was in the same space as me. You know, our afternoons were completely free for us to do, you know, mummy and son things. And I just really wanted to be able to be present to enjoy him. And 
before he was born, for example, I was doing a lot of one-on-one work and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I was realizing that that just, it was the time to really focus on being one to many. Because if I wanted to scale my business, scale my impact, scale my income while honoring this new season in life Mm -hmm. that I was stepping into, the whole business model needed to change. Um, So I moved away from that one-to-one model and now the lion's share of my business is one-to-many. So you have to really sit and think like, what again, How do, what's happening in your personal life? What does that need to look like? Mm-hmm. Then we can start to ask ourselves empowering questions about what the business needs to look like, what the business model needs to look like mm-hmm. in order for it to support you. So it's been amazing for me that I've been able to scale how many people my work is touching without having to grow my hours. Yeah, I so love that. So that's definitely the first thing. The second thing is about it being okay to be supported. And that was one that I really had to struggle (laughs) with. But because my North Star was like how many hours I get to work with, get to be with him, it was like, I had to start asking myself empowering questions like, okay, now there's, it's a non-negotiable with the timing. So what does that look like? I cannot do it all. And also I don't want to do it all. Right. So again, and also, if I'm taking time away from him, I don't want to be doing things that don't bring me joy, do not contribute to the vision. Like, So it just made me get really crystal clear on how I needed to be spending my time. And that really meant streamlining the business. So what I definitely recommend for the business owners listening is like, look at your business and start to look at what can you automate, what can you delegate, and what can you delete? Right. There's a, um, Mike McCallavitz, he has a great book called, um, run it like clockwork. And he has, um, a methodology called the four T's. He says, what do you need to trim? What do you need to trash? What do you need to transfer? And what do you need to treasure? So it's basically the same thing, but it's easier to remember. So I just literally took inventory. I was like, I need to cut the fat, look through what are the things I'm currently offering that are not profitable right now. Mm-hmm. They're taking up a lot of time, but they're not moving the needle of the impact or the income. That's got to go. Okay. Time track. There's a great app that I use. It's free. It's called Toggle. Mm-hmm. So simple. It allows you to track your time. I really started asking myself, and he says this in the book, like what's the queen bee in your business? All that means is like, just ask yourself, but for this happening, you don't have a business. That will tell you like the whole thing. <laughs> In my business, it's the delivery because people are buying me and it's the marketing side, right? I have to show up for the marketing. So mm-hmm. everything else was up for grabs in terms of delegation. So who can I, who can I bring on my team? How can I leverage my profits so that I am staying in my zone of genius? My hours aren't scaling but we're moving the needle even in the times where I'm in mum mode, right? So I really started to safeguard my time in that way and also allowing myself to be supported in my personal life and thinking like, again, if I'm safeguarding my time in work, then am I going to then be doing all of the things in my personal life? And then that actually takes me away from really investing in um, family time. So in many ways, I was being a master and feeling like I had to do all things. Mm-hmm. And again, like we were saying in the business, I had to take responsibility that that was a choice. I'm in the fortunate position that my business is doing well. So 
that was a great opportunity for me to also think in my personal life, okay, if I've already decided that this is the priority, what can I let go of? How can I outsource? How can I delegate to keep my one thing, or as I call them, my VIPs in my personal life, (laughs) keep them at the center? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so true too, because I mean, there's so much to, you know, that goes on with running a business. And so that can, you know, sometimes if we feel busy, we feel like, you know, that kind of sometimes equates to results, but it really doesn't like, cause I recently did that too. Like my husband and I sat down, he's like, all right, we need to like, cause he had just read profit first and a few other books and same kind of thing. And he's like, all right, we need to cut out a few things. Like you're doing a lot of things, but some, you know, aren't pulling the weight like others, you know what I mean? So let's figure out what's making money and start concentrating on that, you know? 100%. And I think I had always heard people say like, oh my God, no one can multitask like a mom, like the, just the lightning focus Mm -hmm. that you get. Um, And that's why I think where some people can find like, um, uh, guidelines and kind of like set timelines as restrictive I feel like that makes me even more efficient and creative because Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I'm only able to work three or four hours a day of a fast growing company, then I got to make sure that those hours work. So I've just become so much more laser focused. And also like just with the automation and delegation, it's, I'm always thinking like, okay, how can I, and this, I feel like this is just a great question, whether you have kids or not Mm -hmm. is like, how can I scale the impact without stop scaling my time? And I'd ask myself, for example, like how can people feel held and feel like they're having such a high touch experience with me, even when it's not me? So what, how can I, what would that automation need to look like to the point where people wouldn't even feel the difference? So what would, so the, the systems behind the scenes <laughs> just became a lot more robust. And I think it's stood me in great stead. Just as your business grows and matures, those things naturally have to happen. Otherwise, we will always be the bottleneck. There's only in a certain amount of hours that we get in a day. Yeah. Um, so if you really are trying to expand the, inc- the impact, then you've got to set your systems up to scale. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, because it can just, yeah, easily, like if we think we can do it all, one, we're going to, you know, going to burn ourselves out, which is not sustainable. And two, like you said, it's a bottleneck. Like it's kind of, it's almost impossible. So why yeah. not? Yeah. Just start, you know, and, um, and start to take care of those things so you can scale easily. Nicole, look at the example just now of Zoom. Did Zoom know that pandemic was going <laughs> to be happening and like their customers? my base was going to skyrocket overnight. Everybody always says like, oh, if I was to double my clients tomorrow, I'd be fine until it happens. And that could be growing too fast, could be even more detrimental to your business, right? right. There's something to be said for building, building a solid foundation continually as you grow and naturally as you grow, things break. Right. But having that, that infrastructure is just everything. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Totally, totally agree. Um, so what is like, what's your most favorite or like effective way that you market your business? Oh, so I love my, I love my podcast and I love, I'm loving Instagram stories right now, even more so than the feed. I just Mm -hmm. love how easy it is. I love how organic it is. And I love that video content and audio content just enables you 
to feel somebody's heart, right? I'm always saying to my clients, like your front end and your back end need to be the same, right? So (laughs) no one knows how good your service is until they've bought it. So the best marketer wins every time. The person who can articulate it the best will always win the client. So you can have the most amazing experience, right, behind the scenes and everyone feels so held and so taken care of and it's just beautifully thought out experience. If no one, your prospects don't know in your marketing, they're <laughs> never going to buy, right? So right. I love the intimacy that video and audio brings. Like, I'm always like, <laughs> I'm one of those people, I'm such a sucker. Like, I listen to someone's podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm signing up because there's just <laughs> something so intimate about hearing someone's voice. And I just feel like it's just an even more personal, personable way of really getting that no like and trust and yeah figuring out whether it's the right fit so and I just you know everything I just said about streamlining especially after I found out that I was having Atlas I really decided to commit to this whole principle of the rule of one which basically means I focus on one traffic source mm-hmm. one conversion source and one core offer So a caveat to that, that doesn't mean I'm not selling more than one thing, Mm -hmm. but even the smaller things that I'm selling have to lead in to that main one thing. Mm. So Instagram is my traffic source. So where, and I think this is where as entrepreneurs, we, we, we slow down because we're so overwhelmed. We consume more than we create. So we hear a podcast that talks about Pinterest. Then we hear, so we start looking into Pinterest. We hear someone else talk about Instagram Reels. So we're doing that. Then we hear someone talk about TikTok. And then everyone says, oh, LinkedIn is the thing. So we're so scattergun. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, Instagram is my traffic source. So Instagram produces something new. I'm going to learn all about that. Like that is my traffic source place. I'm going to be up to speed with that. That my conversion source is my podcast. So I'm like, I'm going to go all in on my podcast. I'm not going to dabble. I'm not going to, I'm going to be consistent. I'm constantly going to be thinking, how can we make this better? How can we make this more efficient? How can we make this more streamlined? And then I have the core offer. So Instagram and the podcasting for me has just been so fun because I think it just gives such a great way for people to get a taste of what it's like to work with me. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the name of your podcast so everybody can can take a listen? Yeah, it's the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Ah, oh, perfect. Okay. And have you made an Instagram Reels yet? Oh, so I was trying it out <laughs> yesterday and I'm 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 still working on it, but I'm committing that tomorrow is gonna be the day where I finally could publish. So I'm still in the ah, oh, it's not pretty enough. But right. no, tomorrow is gonna be the day. I'm oh, excited. that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, I know yeah. I just, I don't feel like I am coordinated enough. Like everybody makes it look so easy and I'm just like, ah, uh, I don't know if I can do I this. Know. I know. Right. But that's the thing. And for me, it's less about like getting it perfect from the jump, but it's more, ch- I, I'm always saying like, if something feels scary to me or like daunting, that's even more reason why I have to do it. And yeah. that's the whole point. And it's just such a great metaphor for running a business like those who are willing to try and make mistakes and be messy mm-hmm. they get the biggest growth and that's the point now with Instagram anytime they release something new and they want anyone that uses it first they're going to be pushing their content out majorly yeah. because they want people to know like this that's is the true. new thing this is mm-hmm. how you use it so those people who aren't like oh my god it has to be perfect it has to be this like they're getting the engagement, they're getting new eyeballs, they're getting that. And I think, 
you know, we can learn, we can learn from that when it comes to running our businesses. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Cause I was actually just about to ask you, you know, what advice you have or like how you get out of your comfort zone to grow your business. But you kind of just answered that, but I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, it's just going so, for it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's about, there's, there's so many things I can say about that, but just starting there is that asking yourself, like, what are you making it mean? What are you making, like doing this daunting thing mean? Right. And mm-hmm. oftentimes like we, we just like feel the fear of like, Oh, what if I mess up? What if I this, but we don't follow it the whole way through. So I always sit and I'm really big on like morning routines, evening routines, journaling and all of that. And I just recommend you guys to just sit and think like, what am I making this mean? Am I making it mean if I try this and I fail that, you know, I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I'm not cut out for this. Like we, we often like catastrophize things so much. We make it mean more than it actually (laughs) is. And we slow our ability to make mistakes and learn from them and iterate and come back and make quantum leaps in the process because we're so afraid. And I always just ask myself, like, how many times have you fallen flat on your face? So many times. Mm -hmm. How many times have you felt the human emotion of shame? So (laughs) many times. How many times have you been embarrassed? All the time. (laughs) And you were okay. You had enough emotional intelligence to be able to lead yourself through that emotion. Right. It's okay. And especially as a mom, I've had to really learn this. Like even with my son, when he'll like have a boo-boo or something and my natural instinct is to be like, you're okay. You're fine. It's like, no, he's not actually. Mm -hmm. He's hurt. And it's okay for him to be upset about being hurt. To feel those feelings. Exactly. But we are so afraid of feeling our feelings. And I think when we allow ourselves to just like process the emotion the whole way through and realize like the worst case scenario is that this doesn't work out and I feel a little bit shameful, a little bit embarrassed, but I know that I've got my back when I feel those emotions, it takes the stress out of it. So that's definitely the first thing. The second thing I would say is your desire has to be greater than your current reality, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if, if you think, if something, like even if what you're doing right now is not conducive for you to grow or do any of that, it still represents comfort. Mm-hmm. So for you to break out of comfort and expose yourself to some of those feelings, there needs to be something that is pulling you more so than that. Yeah. You need to feel so compelled to this desire. And I think sometimes in the entrepreneurship space, we make it seem like it has to be this noble thing. It doesn't. It's whatever motivates you. Some people are motivated by impact. Some people are motivated by financial freedom. Some people are motivated by a whole time. Don't make yourself feel wrong for whatever that is for you. But there needs to be something that is so more compelling. And I think there were so many times in my entrepreneurship journey where I was, I wanted to hide. I, I didn't want to take up space. I would doubt myself, like, what have I got to say about this? Or what have I got to do this? And I got to a point where I'm just like, I am so done with hiding. I am mm-hmm. so done with playing small. I am so done with having the big goal, setting all the big intentions, setting the new year's resolutions and allowing my fear to run the show. I'm so done of making myself think that I'm going to 
like going through the whole deal of making all the big plans and not following through, I am done. Like I am no longer going to be tolerating not stepping into my full potential. I deserve more. My son now deserves to see me showing up in a bit of more empowered way. I'm done. And you just have to get to a point sometimes where you're like, the desire of what's on the other side of the fear is so compelling. But then on the flip side, the pain of continuing to just play small and like right. fall victim to your own excuses just becomes just too much. You yeah. pull yourself out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And because you really think, you feel like, you know, we feel like when it's like that and we're playing small, it's actually scary to take that big step, but it's actually like a relief. Like when you stop caring and you stop like agreeing to be small and you actually go for it, it's like a feeling of relief. It is. It is. And I'm just like, do you know what? I may mess up. I may go live and I may stumble on my words. I may do this. I may that. But the message that I have on my heart and the impact that I want to make is so much more important than that. Like I need to stop making it about me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like that is, that is just so much more important. Yeah, totally. I know. And you think about it, like, I mean, you just nailed it on the head. It's not about us. You know, like we start to think about all these things that could go wrong or, you know, I do, I have this annoying thing where I play with my hair on live videos and I'm like, I don't, people don't care about that. They don't actually look at that kind of stuff as much as I do. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not showing up or helping these people that need help because I don't want to play with my hair, you know? like Exactly. And also like the growth and the Mm self-discovery is amidst the doing the scary things. Like I love it now. And it's, and that's why like you grow exponentially when you fall in love with the process of who you become by virtue of going for the goal. And it took me years to figure this out because it would always be, like I said, I'll feel better when this. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I just set the scary or audacious goal just because I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to come up for me. Like, (laughs) I wonder what, what, like, my ego is going to make this me. Like, all the mental drama that's going to come up. And like, Ooh, like now I get to do the inner work on like, where did this come from? Is this still true for me? Am I clinging on to old beliefs that no longer serve me? Mm -hmm. So I so enjoy the person that I get to become by virtue of doing scary things that I walk towards it now. Yeah. Yep. I love it. 100%. Um... Yay. Like, I don't even know like what to say after that. Cause I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm just like sitting here like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things That's... oftentimes like that. And I had to really, um, embody this is that so often and that's why like the personal development space is as big as it is. What is it? We get one book, then we just like, okay, great. Then we move on to another book. We listen to a podcast. Okay, great. Then we listen. How much of it are we actually embodying? Right. And I would always say this, like, yeah, I know that already. Yeah, I've heard that strategy. Yeah, journal, yeah, great. It's just really <laughs> right. the next thing. And I'm like, no, like, if do my, and, I, and I, again, it's like being really honest with yourself. Do my results show that I understand this? If right. not, I'm not understanding it. <laughs> yeah, or I'm not implementing. Yeah, I'm you not know? implementing like, yeah. it. Yeah, because if I re- if I become one with it and I truly understood it, then I'd be embodying. And that's why I say there's lots of levels of knowledge. Like just knowing the information, 
to retain something, you actually have to have executed and implemented, mm. right? And then you say, okay, I didn't quite get that. So I iterate, you know, you, you learn a bike by riding the bike, not by reading a book and riding the bike. And that's what personal growth is. Like you have to actually implement, refine, yeah. iterate um, in order for it to become who you are. And yeah. that's where like having like practice routines and just, you know, carving out time for yourself and for this reflection. Time is, is so important as mm-hmm. part of that kind of embodying what you're learning. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I mean, it is like uh, simple, you know what I mean? But it's it, so many times we just like rush into like, oh, I've got to go do this. Like, I know I've done this so many times. Like I know what I should be doing and taking a little bit of time and, you know, just making sure that I'm in alignment and what I like want to, you know, focus on and set my intentions. And then the next thing, you know, I'm like on my phone and entering an email. It's like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's amazing that there are podcasts like yours that just give people like things to be thinking about. That's why I believe in the coaching industry so much is that oftentimes when I'm working with coaches now, it's not even so much about like them teaching me strategies or tactics. I, they're just expanders for me because I'm seeing someone being so highly in integrity with the vision that they have for their lives and how they want to show up in the world that it inspires me to rise too, right? It just, yes. it just completely inspires me to like raise the game and really kind of be followed through. And, you know, and again, it just someone that can tell you the hard things that you don't want to, you know, right very often we say like, Oh, I do anything to really grow this business and do all of that. And then someone says, Oh, but have you done that? It's like, no, but I don't want to do that. It's too scary. It's like, I will do anything for the business, but I won't do that. It's like, (laughs) you know? And so it's just, it's just these beautiful opportunities for someone to reflect back to us what the opportunities are, are for us to grow. Yes. I love watching people like you and like all like all the people that I interview. Like I get so inspired. Same thing. Like what you just said, it makes me want to do more. Like, and it's just a motivation for me and, you know, just like being in community, like helping each other. And like, cause you know, like you said too, earlier on life is so short. Like, so why not go for it? And why not be inspired? Why not, you know, collaborate and create an awesome community so everybody can thrive, you know? Amen. Awesome. Um, I know I'm like so excited. I'm like taking so many notes. <laughs> I'm like so inspired just by this. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, we're I'm to the last little section where I ask like a few of your favorite things. Um, what's your favorite book? Is this any specific genre? Anything. Yep. Okay. Well, oh god, there's so many. Well, one of the books that changed my life was um you'll see it when you believe it by Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer was like the Mm -hmm. first person that I I think the first book I read was like, um, ask and it's given by Abraham Hicks, but then Mm -hmm. it was Wayne Dyer. And like, he like shattered like everything that I thought was true and just like completely opened my mind to the kind of woo spiritual Uh world. And then that was just like, (laughs) like opening a can of worms. Um, (laughs) that book absolutely like changed my life. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to put that. I, I mean, I, I know of him. I would have never read any of his books. Um, and so we have a bubbles and biz book club where we read through the books that people recommend. So I'm going to put this on our list. 
that was a great one and also I'll just throw it up to it two others that really changed my life especially when it comes to just business and everything Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about with alignment is Danielle Laporte's books um, the fire starter sessions and the desire map when I was really getting clear about like what I wanted my life to look like and how the business supported that I read those two books I'm a firm believer that like when the student is ready, like the book, the teacher will appear and those two appeared like right at the right time. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm writing all of these down. (laughs) (laughs) I will be on Amazon after we get off this call. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite drink? And it could be anything too. I mean, we've had water, we've had Dr. Pepper, we've had wine, we've had Manhattans, anything. (laughs) Mine is a Riesling or a Shab. A rising or a Chablis, it's a white wine. Mm, yes. No, I love those. Um, I'm, I'm definitely more of a red drinker, but we've had such a hot summer here in Oregon. I've been leaning a little bit more to the whites and I've been experimenting and I've had mm. a few of those. Um, I like the dry Rieslings. Um, those are yeah. delicious. <laughs> love it. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Read. Mm. Yeah, I'm such an introvert. So all of my favorite activities are like solitary pursuits. So for me, like pair a glass, a chill glass of white wine. Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) And a book. And I am like happy as a clam. Yes. Oh, I'm the same way. And especially like when it like rains here in the winter, I like oh, it. my husband yeah. complains the whole time and I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Drinking I'm wine, reading you. books. <laughs> I'm so with you. <laughs> and then in the summer when it's nice, I like to go on a walk by myself, you know, like my same. kids are like, can I come? I'm like, uh, maybe later. <laughs> same, yeah. same, same, same. Like love that. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite thing to watch? Okay, so this is really funny, but I even like cooking shows like Giada Takes Italy, like the the, the Italian chef. Love all of those kind of cooking shows. Or on the other end of the spectrum, I go like really dark, like crime, Ozark, Narcos, that type of thing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like Selling Sunsets on Netflix. (laughs) Or like the Real Housewives. It, yeah, it, you know. uh, we've gotten the real. I've gotten the Real Housewives <laughs> as an answer so many times on the show. Don't judge me. <laughs> oh no, none at all. I totally agree because like that, like that kind of stuff. You know, it's like just fun, and you don't. You know, we can turn our brains off and just kind of watch. Exactly, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I need that sometimes. Yeah, totally. Um, and lastly, where's your favorite place to go? Antigua. It was the Ooh. first place that my husband and I went on holiday. Um, we went to a little island called Jimby Bay, and it's just like a slice of heaven. Like whenever I'm doing like meditations, where they're like, <laughs> think of the sand and the water. Like it just like the quickest way to like send me into like zen calm. Yeah. I just imagine being back in Antigua. It's like one of my favorite places in the world. Oh, I've seen pictures. It looks breathtaking, honestly. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, awesome. Where can everybody find you? Website, social media, so they can keep connecting and getting inspired. Yeah. So definitely the website is thelifestyleedit.com. I, as you guys know now, I love having intimate conversations on the podcast. So definitely check us out, the Lifestyle Edit podcast. And Instagram is my jam. So yeah, my DMs are always open. We are just at the Lifestyle Edit. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put all those in the podcast notes so everybody can find you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, yeah, this has just been such a fun conversation. I knew it would be, but I, it was just, I don't know. It was just like, 
and just so amazing. And yeah, I know you're so busy and you got a little toddler. So thank you so much just for taking the time. This was just like the beautiful way to end my day. So thank you. Yay. Awesome. That makes me so happy. Um, and thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>